three, two, one. Welcome back to the Soccer Love Mastery Podcast. And today, oh, oh my god, oh my god. Today, we, we have a special guest, super special. You don't know who it is? Well, we're here to find out. Yes, how cool is that? Literally, so, how does that mean? I was just looking at Instagram, and this guy's been uh, uh, just destroying my Instagram feed. All I see is I know. this guy. Every time I scroll through, it's Next Level Soccer. If you guys have seen him, let us know. Comment below if you have seen Next Level Soccer pop up on your Instagram, TikTok, yes. or whatever. Because he's on mine. I can't, I, I, know. You know, I can't get rid of him. I thought, he's a legend. Let me have a, have a look at him. He's so cool. Guys, look, Thanks, if, if you haven't seen, as he said, just go there, just have a look. It's pretty nice and pretty dope. And we are here today just to find out like a little bit more and maybe just do like that sort of like a partnership that we can work together and learn from each other. Absolutely. So, introducing the man himself, Kai. How are you, dude? Good. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be here, and uh, it's good that you see me everywhere. That's what I want. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> I'm in the same, but I've had people say the same thing where they're like, bro, you're always on my Instagram. Get off my page, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I'm here to stay. Yeah. So, I respect that. I'm like, I had to look at your stuff and, and look through, you know, what you're doing with Next Level Soccer, the online stuff, some success stories you've had. So, I think it's awesome, and I'm glad you were, you know, nice enough to come on the podcast and yeah. you know, chat. And I have not prepared, but I'm here as a inquisitor, curious to, to learn more about you. I've seen I think a couple videos, the best idea, yeah. but you know, we are, as, we, as everyone knows, we are not a, uh, a great <laughs> interviewing podcast, so we're here to we just do, talk. We, look, if you have a look, I don't know if you guys saw like the last episode, technically I even put like in a thumbnail, you're like, oh, the best episode ever, and it was. Yeah. Everything was properly. It was like the anniversary one we did. The only one. And yeah, we just kind of like did like a quickly it recap. It took us a year to get good. <laughs> exactly. And it now we've got Kai and hopefully it stays perfect. No, it's going to be perfect now. I, I'm telling you, it's going to be perfect. We use the only one camera to not have any mistakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's keep it Let's play safe now mm. that we're winning. Mm. So, yeah. Let's but yeah, go. Kai, uh, I'm not sure if you want to start like a little intro of like, who you are or what you've done, your background, or, you know, you know, start us off with whatever you want. Yeah, yeah man. Well, uh, no, thanks. Thanks again for having me on and hopefully we can take this podcast to the next level as well and uh, hopefully we can make it the most viewed episode. So, no, excited to be here. I just, um, I'm just a random kid really from small town in uh, Queensland. Whereabouts are you guys from? Adelaide. I'm from Adelaide. I'm, a man. I'm from Brazil and yeah. I moved to Melbourne first, and now I'm here in Adelaide, so I'm ne nearly Adel Adelaidean. Adelaidean. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so hard to say it. Yeah, so I'm just really, I'm just a nobody from a small little farm town, a place called Harvey Bay, and um, you know, I trained really hard my whole life to do certain things in football, and um, after a series of events, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into, uh, I ended up starting the thing called Next Level Soccer, which uh, is probably what's all over your Instagram, so... Um, yeah, I guess that's a pretty good start <laughs> to start us off. No, absolutely. Um, so, small town in, uh, uh, where was it again? What was the Queen small town? Queensland. Um, Harvey Bay. Harvey Bay. Bay. So, I remember watching, I think it might have been like your intro video or whatever about, okay, you were from small town, and then from your small town, age 14 or 15 or something, or where did you end up going? So I actually, I left home at 11 um, and I went to uh, Espanol in Spain. Um, obviously, we've skipped a, a lot of the how that happened, but the whole thing in Europe started in Spain um, at 11. I went to Espanol uh, probably at 10 actually and got told that, you know, I needed to do some work. I couldn't speak the language. Um, I had to improve certain areas that, you know, you couldn't really get in Australia, but I had to improve them. Otherwise, they weren't going to take me. 
So I, I came back to Australia for a year, worked hard, did my thing, was going to go back to Espanol, but change of director arrived there. They had no idea who I was, uh, like talking about like month to month. So like two months ago, it was the director of the club that knew me. And then the next month he was gone, the new one was in. So uh, that didn't end up working out. And so I went to this club called Vic Ruprimao. I went to a few clubs to train. Um, but yeah, I went to a club called Vic, which is again, a small, t a small farm town club in Spain. Uh, played there for the first season. And um, after my first season, then went up into the youth La Liga at 12. Um, so the first year I was just playing in like the third division, which is probably a similar standard to football in Australia, I would say. Uh, but I did really well. Scored, you know, probably 12, 15 goals, another 15 assists. Had a really good season. I think we came top two or three. And then, um, yeah, so got scouted to by in the same club to the La Liga side. Um, and that's really... The, the, the big make or break moment that got me to the point where I could say I did that um, and then I just stayed on that path for the next four years and then after the four years I went to Germany, um, series of events, COVID, I fractured my back and um, now we're kind of here, so yeah. There's a lot to dive in there. Um, oh, no, no, hold on, oh, hold on. Go on. So did you end up learning Spanish? Uh, I did, I did. Spanish and I can understand Pardon, German. Nosotros podemos hablar de español y no va a comprender nada. No palo italiano, ¿no? Oh, come on. Anyway, <laughs> it's not going to work. Oh, we, we couldn't do like Spanish. No yeah, no. We should do like a Portuguese-Spanish version. Now he, can, I, he might even speak like Germany too. Yeah, I speak nothing. Can you. Anyway, so yeah, like my first question, like about Spain. So how was it? So when, when you end up like coming to a different city, like the small town as well as you mentioned, the first thing I want to know is like about like the mental health. How, how do you end up like getting over it and oh, damn, I need to start everything again for like from zero, from no one knows me here. And then like how, cause like you're so young and I don't know like how, how I would feel like going to the place, hey, everything is set up to go to the Espanol. Mm. And, and then, then pff, well, it's no. taken away. Hold on. How'd you end up like getting through it? To be honest, I think I had a bit of the young um, naivety on my side. I didn't really understand how the world works at 11. And so I was just a kid that played a lot of soccer and, you know, got to a level where I could go over and, and actually survive because uh, I call it survive because that's all I did for the first year uh, as, as much as I scored goals, but I just survived um, because I was missing, you know, the defensive, the off the ball, the, you know, tactical movement, everything. I was missing all that because we don't, we don't get that here in Australia. Just with the current, current standard of how everything is, we just don't get that. Um, but I was excited, you know. Uh, I was naive, young, I didn't really realize what was kind of going on probably to the extent that everyone sort of understands it now. And uh, I was excited to be there. First few weeks was tough, you know, speaking, um, not speaking to my parents, in, like being with them in person, having to do, you know, the FaceTimes and stuff was probably the first, you know, month or two were always tough. Like every time I'd go back, I'd come back for summer holidays and then go back. The first month for the first two or three years was very, very hard. Um, and there were years where I didn't want to go back, you know, um, not out of, not for football, but purely because I, I missed home. I liked my home and um, it was easier to live in Australia. You know, it's nice life and there it's, it's not that necessarily nice. You know, it's, it's dark, it's cold. Uh, a lot of older buildings that come from a place that was made five years before I was born. So, you know, it's very different, different life. But mentally, I don't know. I don't know, really have an answer for exactly how I dealt with it. But I think when you're there and you're in it, 
you kind of have no choice. So you just got to get through it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, because we kind of skipped a few stages, like obviously getting to Spain is a massive deal. And obviously how on earth did that happen? How did you get to the stage of even having that connection in the first place, having that trial for, you know, how did this all happen? So that, you're, that's one of the questions that we get a lot from the kids. Yeah, like, how do we play yeah. overseas? Yeah. yeah. Well, we did an episode for it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So we have- And a, now we have you yeah, in the flesh. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is a big thing. And I've recently started a TikTok page um, and, and I get, I'm talking hundreds of mes messages about how do I be seen? How do I get scouted? And, and I feel like, and I've made videos on it, I'm gonna make a lot more because I realize this is a big point. Um, I feel like people are thinking about this all wrong. They're kind of trying to be scouted or find someone to give them a chance or whatever, I'll rephrase that, find someone that's looking or watching the game on the day that's going to say, oh, yep, you're good enough to go overseas. The chance of that happening is like next to nothing, right? Especially in Australia, I would say, to go to Europe, uh, unless it's through an academy or some organized organization, it's very hard. And so... I purely got to Spain via a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And I got to that stage of speaking with that friend of a friend of a friend purely because I put in the work and I had some good videos. I had some good game footage, some good goals, some good you know, training, which is now the next level program that I was doing at home, some stuff with tennis balls, you know, different things that made me look a bit you know, freakish or whatever as a young player. And I was able to show that to the friend of a friend of a friend and it was just a coincidence, right? Um, I didn't grow up at from 6 to tw uh, 10, 11, thinking I want to go overseas. It was actually a very quick decision of, okay, I'm good enough. And I was playing one year up in the Queensland state team. And like I couldn't really go much higher in, in where I was from. So it was kind of a quick decision of, you know, do you like the footage? Yes. Do you want to come to Spain? Is that even something you thought about? No. Well, now I am thinking about it. And so I went there, trialed, and that's what happened with the first trial at Espanol when they said, you need to work on these other aspects. Like I could score better. I was a striker when I was young. I could score better than most of the players, 99% of even all the players there. I was technically better, but I missed certain aspects, which is why I wasn't able to go straight to a pro club coming from playing for my school team in Australia, you know? So um, one thing that this is going back to what I was saying before about I think people are thinking about this all wrong is they're, they're hoping that someone's watching them instead of forgetting about that and training hard every day to become freakish or to become a elite, super high level, technically, you know, in every way, and then curating or finding people they can talk to, which is why I created Next Level at the end of the day to give people all of my contacts so that I can give people real opportunity because you know, um, it doesn't matter where you're from, what country, but there's players all around the world, their parents have never played football. They've never even thought about it until the, kid, the son or the daughter was born. And so contacts is something that is crucial, right? Um, and, and to be honest, sorry to ramble on about this, but I've seen so many players in Spain, in Germany, even in Australia, that are literally good enough to become professional footballers or whatever you want to call it, or play at a high level in Europe or whatever, that just don't end up doing it because they don't have the context. Like prime example, uh, one of my best friends when I was living in Spain in my fourth year, I was playing the youth La Liga under 15s or whatever it was. And I don't know, because why I say that's because it's named different in English and Spanish. Um, it's kind of like two age groups grouped together. But my best friend was playing for, you know, just a local side and he was a goalkeeper. And this kid is one of the best goalkeepers I've literally ever seen. Anyway, after I, that season, 
I was slightly older than him, so I was like reversed age. So I went into the category below, and then he went up to the top one, and then when he was down, I was up. So it works a bit different in Spain, but um, he actually got scouted to a, a club called well, Espanol, who I mentioned before, uh, went there, insane goalkeeper, went there, played for two years, got released, and then uh, he was stuck. And then he ended up playing like sixth division in Spain, and now he doesn't know what to do. And I've literally just sent him my contacts, because I was like, this kid is one of the best goalkeepers I've personally ever seen, better than guys I've seen play for Barca, you know, Dortmund, whoever I've played against. And the kid's got no chance because he just doesn't know anyone. Um, and so that's, that's another big motivation when I got my back injury that I realized that I needed to create something that anyone can get from anywhere around the world, hence it's an online thing, that, that they can have opportunity and actual people that, that'll open the doors for them. And so what is your, not to delve into your secrets, but what is the secret of, okay, getting these contacts? Like, you've got the contacts. Well, you know, how did, how did you get them? Like, what sort of work did you do? How did you apply yourself to, to meet these people or know these people where, like you said, they're a really good goalkeeper. Why doesn't he know anyone and why do you? Yeah, I think it goes back to the point I mentioned before. Like, my parent, my, my dad played um, in the old, well, he almost played there but he, had, he stopped and helped his dad with the, the family business that they had at the time but he was going to play in the old NSL um, and so he was actually he knew a friend of ours who knew of people and probably had the conversation with them about like where where's the next step like when I was got to that state team level where's the next step and they're like I've got a friend of a friend of a friend so essentially my personal contacts are started off from that first guy who is our Spanish contact in the course now but Start off with that first guy and then me making the step and exposing myself to a new world overseas, meeting next person, meeting that person, going to Germany, meeting that person who knew this person and then coming back. And also, one of the things was like, I met Craig Johnston when I was really young and he's not a contact in the course, but he referred me on to friends and uh, people he knew as well, like Danny Tiado, who we met because, you know, I think what at the end of the day, when you are a person who works hard and achieves results, you have the ability to meet good, you know, other affluent professional people. And so um, that's really the way I, I've done it. And uh, come across Danny Tiado, who put us onto, I'm not gonna mention the country because some, someone out there will figure it out. But you know, came across our, one of our other European contacts who now is taking players every year overseas. But um, just meeting people, and, and I've had the, the privilege of meeting some high level footballers that have contacts like Craig Johnston's um, he, his ex-wife is the owner of Tottenham so you know just curating right um, and not everyone has the same opportunity as what I had but I want to be able to give it to them you know um, and these contacts again there's no business involved with these people there's no money exchange nothing I just put them there because I, I they're my personal friends and contacts and I, they help take players over so I just want to push people to them for real, not, 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 not like holiday camps, but like actual training at the clubs, real trials, like I had when I was 10, you know? Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. And that's one of the things we keep saying to the kids all the time about the communication, about taking the opportunity or something like that, about be proactive or like how to, we kind of like teach them here as well, how to act in front of the camera. And the reason is about like their communication skills. So when you go to that place, if you meet like a guy like him, for example, which is quite important, then you just say, hi, and that's it. Well, it's just like one random guy just coming along and then saying hello to you. So it's, it's kind of like the attitude that you go, like the networking is so important. So 
when you have those chances to go, hey guys, look, let me introduce myself, I'm also player, blah, blah, blah. We keep saying that as a captain or like, as if you're in a bench, we mm -hmm. keep saying all the time, hey coach, why am I still in a bench? What do I need to do to improve? So if you don't say it, if you don't do anything, well, you're gonna be stuck. You're gonna be waiting for the right opportunity because some of the kids just keep waiting for someone to look like in the scout to, to get you on board. That was, luckily for me, I was waiting for like to get like, okay, I wanna become a professional player. And I was playing with the friends when someone else saw me playing and then put me in a professional team. So every time I was playing like with the team, I was like, oh, is there any scout looking, for, yeah. looking at me? Never. And then I was playing like seven aside with his friends. We just ran the place. We were playing. And then, yes, the guy just saw, hey, look, do you play? And I was like, yeah, I, I play for that club. And then they were like, oh, can, can you come for a trial? Well, that happened, yes. Mm. But it's so hard to happen on that way. Especially so, in Australia, you're and, and I think, I think like one, one of the points that Kai just said, which is really important for me, that, that's my opinion as well. So he, he just mentioned, for example, okay, I think people is seeing like thinking about that in the wrong way. And I think that too, but I think it's also right. So I think there is a time for you to think like that. There's a time for you, like well, when you sit young, play, do your best, keep training all the time, and just keep improving every single time. Because then yes, you might not have the chance from your, your coach come to you and say, hey, look, I think you're good enough. I think I have like another club for you. Because coaches who care about the kid, they're mm. gonna do that for you for too. Sure. Sure. That, that's one one point for sure i think like thinking about oh i want to see if this scout is there okay if you're getting 16 17 you're getting older then yeah then i think that's the time that you can come maybe find an agent to help you out maybe just ask for help or maybe just keep looking for scouts or like make like your own recording like dvd like or something to send it through it mm -hmm. then yes i think there's there's a like when you're 17 18 then is the time that you kind of like get desperate that you kind of can think about that but still, before that, there's a long way to go that you need to improve. You need to learn like, how co to communicate, your communication skills, inside and outside of the pitch. Well, then, yes, you might have the opportunity. But some of the kids, they are really good, skillful. They keep just waiting. Oh, no, I'm going to wait the opportunity to come from the heaven. <laughs> no, that's well, not It's happen. actually a good point, what you mentioned, and going off you, um, which, like, like you said, you had a first point of contact, um, which is that person. But for some people, we're the first point of contact. Yeah, exactly. And then we're going, okay, <coughs> then we know this person. That's yeah. why. And now you're trying to be that first point of contact. Where, okay, people have no idea what to do. They go to the next level soccer because that's the only contact that they can get access to. And then from there, they get another contact, another contact, another contact, which is what networking is. Yeah. You know someone who knows someone who knows someone. Um, but um, you're making it as easy as possible for them. <coughs> but also as, as any player, Talk to your coaches. Like we've always, we say every podcast, I swear we do this podcast all the time. We say, yeah. talk to your coaches, talk to people. This is why, like you said, this is why we do the, the, the cameras and make people talk oh, because they hey, get comfortable talking. I'm sorry to bother you guys again. So the way we met, mm. so I was working for a club and then they have to do like some course here that we have in Australia. What is that? Mini rules? Mini, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we have like a mini rules course to do like from that club. Kyle was the one giving that course through FSA. Yeah, so I was the instructor of the coaching. So course. he was the instructor, instructor, and then after the whole session, I came to talk to him, and then we start talking, and then I start, as I said, about the networking, about how you talk mm. to people, and I was like, hey, look, I do videos as well, mm. and that's what I do. Like, I do like a promo videos. I can do, like, I can record, I can do this, blah, blah, blah. 
After that, we just start working together technically. Yeah. This guy's the best networker in the whole entire world. <laughs> He's too charismatic. Everyone's his no, loser. Well, like, well, that, but that's what I'm saying. If I just say, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Bye. Then you never talk again. And, and look where we are like together, like working yeah. like for more than a year together. Like we in the same page, trying to do like our best. So, oh my gosh, what happened there? Ducked. <laughs> I just look at you, and then you vanish. Like what? Happened? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just cracked my back. It's there. all good. I was like, oh, am I seeing things? He's a magician. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it's it's all about networking. It's about like how you talk, how you act, like on those cases. And yeah, if kids, if you do have the opportunity, come talk to us. Yeah, we are the coaches. We are here to help you guys out. So come to us, talk to us. We might gonna be able to come to you and say hey can you see that door go straight to it more of those stories even if it's uncomfortable or you feel awkward or feel weird start the conversation see where it goes yeah. because cool that's how networks happens and then cool we like you we help you and it goes for every it goes for everything in life of course so that's kind of the model of what we just got to is you know if you want to get success you need contacts you need connections take the first step talk to whoever you need to get them to know you whether it's next level soccer, whether it's us, have the conversation and get get that started, get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so cool. Um, then why did you decide to be to run like the business the way you are running right now? So for example, you, you just mentioned okay, you you had to stop everything because of the back injury and everything. But how did you start creating your own business? Like why and how can I say like like pretty much the same question I did it for you. So, how okay. did you first start? Yeah, because like, yeah. for example, for you, for example, like for a lot of people, like, okay, for start, okay, you might going to go through like some terrible things that you need to like stand up in a different way. Mm. So that's pretty much like what you did, what you did as yeah. well. So I want to understand like, how did you come? Okay, no, hold on. Let me just put everything. Let me just get that experience I got to like literally to give it to the kids to go to the same track or like even better and can succeed in life. Because presumably the injury happened and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm still playing now, and I have, you know, aspirations of, of attempt, you know, attempting to go pro very soon, um, within months from now. But um, yeah, the injury was over a year and a half, right? A year, year and a half, you know, a little bit more. And um, it was so when COVID hit really bad in Australia, um, you know, the lockdowns and everything. Then sort of as we were coming out of lockdown, I did the back. And so not only did we have kind of a year of on and off training, not really or whatever, but then I also had a year and a half of, you know, the injury. And, and that was while people were playing. So it was kind of a situation of, you know, I missed out from, from, you know, I played at the highest level and got the highest level of training and was at my peak at seven, 16 and a half, 17. And I really needed to continue that for the next two, three years and I would have been done. Like that would have been it. You know, I, we may, I don't know if we'd be having this conversation right now. But then obviously with COVID, I couldn't go back overseas. Um, I had some trials lined up at a professional club in Spain and, you know, through the same contact. And it was that was going to be me. I was going to be 18 at a big club in Spain um, and that I was going to be a footballer. And, and then COVID hit. My best friend, who also played at Barca, my, we was us three in the streets playing every day. But that's another story. He he was at Barca, and he's at the biggest club in the world, in my opinion, because I've seen their operations and everything played against them. Best club in the world, biggest club in the world, and and he didn't play for over a year. He was in his apartment in Spain. You know, the houses in Spain are tiny, so he was in his apartment in Spain, you know, doing 
doing like strength work in his you know small um, sort of lounge room area and so the whole world stopped it wasn't just me right but then it's kind of the extension of another year and a half while they were coming back and it was just a tough time really so um, I missed out two and a half crucial years of my life from 16 and a half to 18 and a half where that's you're supposed to you know you're supposed to be in that in that place so that's just how life went for me and I you know suffered massively from depression and everything during the time of the injury um, you know to the point where I didn't come out of get out of bed for days and um, it, you know I'm pretty cheerful like you meet me in person very cheerful person very happy and I'm back to how I am right but during that time I'd never even knew that mental health or problems this was a thing like I didn't I thought oh it's just for other people it's not gonna happen to me and I, I was very like horrible so um, yeah that was that was kind of the, the time there and I, I realized you know actually the back injury was the catalyst for next level soccer because I I was stripped of my ego and I realized that I wasn't invincible because my last season in German like my season in Germany before COVID and stuff I was playing in the youth Bundesliga and that was like the most physical, strongest, biggest, fastest I'd ever been in my entire life because I went from Spain to Germany where Germany is just like another level of fitness and I felt like Superman. Like I was training, you know, three three hours a day, four or five days a week with, with this Bundesliga club. It was like army camp. It was unbelievable. Uh, but after, you know, a few few months, you just get used to it and then you don't feel, you don't get sore, you don't feel pain, you don't, all these types of things. And it, w it was like nuts, right? And then... Uh, when I had the back injury, not only was I stripped of that level of physique and fitness and everything, but mentally I was, you know, I was nothing. I was done now. I was a year and a half. I got told by a doctor, you won't play football for a year and a half. And that was already a year in, after COVID. So that all you can imagine all the thoughts, like my whole life is worthless, didn't mean anything, why did I do it? And and it, it made me realize that I, I reflected a lot, you know. My whole life, I just looked forward and I was training every day to go to that goal. And so this forced me to think about the, 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 the rainy days in Spain, the different moments I had with friends, with you know, school friends, with whatever. And I reflected on the whole thing and I realized that at the end of the day, I just did the thing because I went there and figured it out along the way. And, I'm, and I was just a human that got better over time because I did the work at the club, but then I did work at home and I just kept getting better. And so if I could do it, anyone can do it. And so... That was the catalyst for next level soccer. I was stripped of my ego and my, my body essentially. And I realized I was human. And you know, cause you play in the, fla the flashlights, the under, you know, Dortmund, Schalke. I, I, was, I was at Schalke for a, a while there before I had to come back. And that was a, a big play for me to go and sign for Schalke. Um, and then it got bad with, with COVID and everything, came back. I thought just be a couple months, be back there. Nah, so that's life, right? But. Um, and that's why I, I created this because I realized everyone could do what I did if they are in the, you know, obviously family situation that's committed to doing that and going there and doing that thing. Uh, but even if you don't want to go overseas, like we've got contacts at most of the A-League clubs in Australia, you know, wherever you're from around the world, if you just want to stay in your own country, there's still the same amount of work that you have to do to get to the point where you can reach out to the contacts. And that's why... I get like so many questions across the board now. So, like I'm, I feel lucky to be able to have such a big impact after two and a half years of this thing going, and n only now is it really going like absolutely nuts. Um, but I get so many questions across the board of like, you know, from scouting to training to positional advice to uh, diet, everything, and it's crazy because I don't want to you know sound like a broken record when I'm talking to players, but I'm just like, 
whatever you ask me, you need next level. Because at the end of the day, I've lived the life that you will want to do or what you think you can do. And so all the answers of like <laughs> how to do the thing and, and, and avoid the hurdles and take, use the kind of, everything, is, it's in there. So it's kind of like my, my career up to date in, in an online course, essentially. This is pretty cool. That's awesome. Oh, pretty interesting. So I was just thinking about that. So shall, shall we just cut and keep going? Second part, two part. No, like maybe just no. We can because it's still like fresh, so we can keep yeah. going like that one. So just stop recording, then we'll just edit. Okay, yeah, do it. Or just it. make like one, two parts. But do we need to stop the camera? For yeah, we we do. Because like it. his camera go like forever. Yeah, but this one's gonna stop. Nah, um, this one's gonna stop in in one minute. All right, <laughs> I think just stop and start, and we keep going. Yeah. yeah. Give me 10 seconds. We got a camera only last 30 minutes or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I feel like it's so, it's a common story of like, you know, a, a person is like fully into football, it's their whole entire life, it's their only goal. <laughs> and then when there's a setback, it's like, who am I anymore? Like, yeah. why am I here? Why am I play, like, you know, if I can't play football, literally, what am I doing here? That's like, my entire life is this one thing. And we, we kind of <coughs> spoke about this before, how, Badly, that can affect mental health is when you're completely stripped of your identity of who you thought you were or who, what you thought you were meant to be doing on this planet or this earth your purpose it's all just taken away and you think you're left yeah. like what am i and that's you know, what i feel like the mental health comes that's from. one of the most important thing for me like having like a mate or like someone to talk because at such a young age as he said you might yeah, not be yeah. able to identify you're going through mental health issues mm. But your friend might know, he might gonna talk to you. Mm -hmm. So that's the, real, the reason I keep saying to all my mates as well, just have someone next to you, talk to them, keep like open, open up yourself, just say, hey, look, I'm so frustrated. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe what just happened to me. And the reason is because this guy might gonna go through some, I don't know, like he might gonna be able to help you out to go through this. Because mm. until you understand, maybe, like if you're so young, naive or something, you might gonna end up like doing something silly, For sure. something that's definitely not good. So what do you do then? You, you're by yourself in a different country, a country that you kind of like, it's not your first, first language. So you kind of like feel like, okay, you should have talked to someone, should I do something? And then by impulse, you, you kind of like do something wrong. So that's the reason like I keep saying to all my mates, it is important for you to have like someone on board with you all the time. Your mate over the phone, your mom and dad, like your, I don't know, like your teammate. Talk to someone always. And if you go through that kind of like situation, yeah, you need to have someone next to you all the time. Yeah. I, I think we know that. Even just talking about something or, or hearing someone relate to your problem or go, yeah, I feel the same, I've been there. It just makes you feel better. Of course. It's just knowing that you're not alone. And yeah. this is why we do part of the podcast is saying, hey, whatever you're going through, you're not alone. Next Level Soccer has been through what your issues are. Yeah. You've been through your issues. You're on the same path that we've all gone through. So, you know, you're not alone, whatever issue yeah. you're going through. So, like, Kai, for example, like, he did, like, something, like, really important. So, you got an injury, and then you start, like, your own business. You're still trying to get to the pro level again. So, you're working hard. I can see, like, on your stories and everything you put in there like the motivational quotes and everything you do technically, mate, it's, it's literally next level. Yeah, it's next level <laughs> yeah. soccer. Because, yeah, so you, you, you're showing, okay, your life's gonna be like this. 
Sometimes it's going to be like a really, really down, but you're going to come up again. So it's, that's what I keep saying to you guys all the time. So be patient. Your time will come. If not as a soccer player, maybe as a huge influencer, as a huge person that's going to come to you. And I wish I could have, like, on my age, someone like you guys to say, hey, no, don't go there. I'm mm. telling you, that's the point. That's, yeah, that's the way yeah. you go. So you just go there. Yeah. Really? No, but I think, no, no, trust me. Having a mentor, someone who's been there, it's always, always much better. Ah, it's important. And yeah. it's important to listen. So listen. Yeah, listen. some people don't listen. Oh, go there. No. No, no, go there. Yeah. I'm telling you, just don't. Anyway. Um, something I did want to mention is, like, uh, People might, I, I find it too, where they go, okay, you know, how do I go overseas? How do I get contacts, blah, blah, blah. But they're not even nearly at the level. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what contact you have. Because yeah. it, especially in a, if you're Australian, if you ain't spectacular in Australia, then you're not anything overseas in Spain and stuff. And if you're just average here, don't even bother. If you're amazing here, you're probably just another person overseas. You're just another kid because the level is massively different. They get better coaching, they get better training from such a young age where the, the gap is so big. Um, so like you're mentioning, hey, get a program, work hard at home, do extra stuff because you, from the minute you're born in Australia, you're catching up to everybody else in those foreign countries. From the minute you're born, it's like crap, okay. Every year, I've got to be catching up to what they do overseas. But one, but one thing that I told you already in one of the episodes, like I think like, look, I'm, I'm coming from Brazil. We have like a, so much struggle to listen to our coaches, to do like what they ask. We don't. We literally, we don't. We just do like what we think is going to be the best. In Australia, every time you come to your kid or like for someone who's trying to develop, if you say, do this, go through that way, they're going to do it. They're going to listen to you. Mm. So when we think about like tactical point of view for me, every time I see like Australian playing, I can see like the way they do it. I think it's properly, of course, lack of skills mm. or like because they do have like those, on my opinion, like, oh, we have that course, you need to go through it. You need to do this. So you kind of have like a program to follow. Yeah. And I think that's the way it is wrong here. The lack on of creativity. Yeah, because, oh, I think it's working. Clearly it's not working that much. Mm. Why, why, why the women's league have like a way much more sex? Oh my gosh. Sex. Sorry? Say, Say it, yeah. I don't know what you're saying. Successful. Oh, come successful. On. Yes. Successful. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, you're so silly, mate. Anyway, why? <laughs> because they do have more skills as well, and they have more freedom to work. They're not like stuck with like the programs all the time. Mm. And that's the reason like they can develop away much more. Why? Because they also play overseas. Plenty of those girls playing from Matildas, they play overseas. So they learn in a different way. Mm -hmm. So they learn from the other coaches. So they come with a different mentality. So we have like one play that played for the Socceroos. He was playing for like Melbourne City. And oh, I forgot his name. He was, he had like plenty of skills and then he came to, he, w he went to England. I have no idea which club. I never sure. heard about him anymore. Bro, I'm not sure. But I think he's good. Yeah, not sure. Anyway, but it, it's just like a, a matter of like understanding if the big guys in Australia, if they have that mentality, it, they need to go overseas. Yeah. Those guys need to go overseas to learn from the other clubs, to learn from the people in like Spain. Like big guys, do you mean the ones that are making the curriculum in yes, Australia? Yes, making the curriculum. So they need to go overseas. They need to, they need to go to Brazil, to South America. Go there and see how it works. Mm -hmm. Go to like, even to America now. Like mm -hmm. the way they're doing things, they're they growing now. 
Mm-hmm. We, we should be growing like as much as in US and MLS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we should be like a way much better now, but no, we're still stuck with the curriculum. And that's the reason I was mentioned to you before, like I said, I, I don't know if I want to be a soccer coach anymore. Mm. What, why, why, why do you think Australian football is lacking? At least men's Australian football. 